Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is October the 6th, and our chapter for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It is a continuation of what he began in chapter 1. The chapter heading in chapter 2 starts with a conjunction. In other words, he is just continuing on the story that he began, that there is no human wisdom whatsoever that can change anyone's life. Paul came to the realization that even with his rhetoric, as great as it was, as the wisdom that obviously was the reasonable, rational explanation of the gospel, no one's life was changed that was recorded there from the standpoint of people being baptized and becoming devoted followers of Jesus. And so in chapter 2, he talks about how that he made his mind up. He determined an intentional decision to have the strategy when he came to Corinth. He was going to preach the euangelion, the good news that Jesus died for our sins and that the cross, the scandalon, the cross was the message that changed people's lives the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for our sins. And so we went through chapter 2, and now we come to chapter 3, and he goes back to the aspect of divisions that he dealt with in chapter 1. In chapter 3, he says, And I, brethren, there again, he's continuing the story, starting with a conjunction, and, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual. That is, you were not in a spiritual framework. I can't even talk to you about spiritual things because you are carnal. You're driven and controlled by the flesh. You are like babes in Christ, people that have just been born again and have never grown at all. This is amazing. He's talking with them. He spent a year and a half with them, and they were still acting like babes. He said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. You were not able, and he just leaves it there. Of course, he means to receive it, to digest it. And even now you are still not able. Paul says, even after I've left you, I've written, we've gone back and forth, still you haven't gotten it. For you are still carnal. You're still fleshly. You're still being controlled by the flesh, by the old Adamic nature. For where there is envy, where there is strife and divisions among you, are you not driven by the flesh, controlled by the flesh? Are you not carnal? And you're behaving like men, like mere men. You're behaving like lost people. Can God's people act like lost people? Yes. Can people be controlled by the flesh? Yes. Can people be controlled as children of God by worldly thinking? Yes. This is why the Apostle Paul said to the Romans that we've already seen in chapter 12, stop being conformed to the world's Mold, stop being pressed into the world's mold. Well, the reason he says stop being to the Romans is because they were. They were in the present tense of allowing that to happen. So can a person be controlled by that other than God as a child of God? Yes. The answer is yes, 
but not forever, because God will deal with that person, not as a grandfather, but as a father, which is discipline. He will get your attention, and he got the attention of those that were at Corinth because they were continually fighting, fussing, and it was getting them nowhere. And he said, you're behaving like mere men. For when one says, I'm of Paul, another, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? When you're lining up and saying, okay, look, this is my hero. This is my hero. And I'm going to know Jesus has to be Lord of all. Now, does he use a teacher? Yes, but we don't worship that teacher. Does he use a person? Yes, but we don't worship that person. And you cannot say, okay, because this person doesn't admire this teacher like I do, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. That's carnal. That's that's the way the world acts. So he says in verse 5, who then is Paul? Who's Apollos? We are servants. We're servants. We are just ministers through whom you believe. God used us as a conduit, as a tool. As the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Oh, Lord, help us to get hold of this, that we are not the ones that give the increase. We're not the ones that cause the growth. We're not the ones that are the agents that bring about growth in somebody's life. That's God's work. We plant, we cultivate, we water, we do everything that we can, but God is the only one that can cause the growth because he is the one that deals with the heart, not with the individual. We don't do that. God does. And he says, so then neither is he who plants anything, nor is he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. In other words, we're working for the same goal, and that is that you be all that God wants you to be, that you grow up into Jesus and be a mature follower of Jesus. And each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. Now, this is not talking about that a person's going to be saved by his labor. He's talking to believers. He's talking to saints. He's talking to those who have been sanctified, set apart. Now, yes, they're carnal. Yes, they're babes. Yes, they're not growing. But the goal of the Christian life is to be like Jesus and to grow into his likeness. He said, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, the word is architectos. As a wise architect, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul said, listen. I am a master architect. The foundation that I preach is Jesus. I have laid the foundation, and then someone else comes along, and they build this wall, and another one builds that wall. But what is it? We're all one, and the goal is that we're building a house. If we're talking about the analogy of planning, it's God's field. And uh, I'm planting the seed, another's coming along watering, another's cultivating, and eventually someone will harvest, but God is the one who grows the whole thing. In other words, we're just 
tools. We are workers with God. God is the one that is the important person here, not us. Now, if anyone builds upon this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, do you notice that those are two categories of commodities, gold, silver, precious stones, those are things that are purified by fire. Wood, hay, and straw are destroyed by fire. Each one's work, that one that's a saint, that one that's set apart and sanctified, they may be carnal, they may not be growing, but whatever the case is, they are building something on the foundation. They are responsible to God. And the scripture says, if you build upon the solid foundation of Jesus, and it is something that is wood, hay, stubble, or it is gold, silver, precious stones, each man's work will be tested as to what sort it is. Not how much it is, but what sort it is, what kind it is. We get the idea sometimes that what we do for Jesus is based upon how much we do for him. So we're chairman of this, we are teacher of this, we have this credential, that credential. No, that's not what we're going to be judged by. We're going to be judged by what sort it is, the quality, not the quantity. Let me say that again. We're going to be judged on the quality, not the quantity. That is the motivation for why we did, not what we did alone, but why we did it. This is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.10, every one of us as believers will stand before the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ. And every man will have his work tested as to what sort it is, what kind it is, whether it is good, whether it is something that's genuine, or whether it is something that's phallos, that is worthless, that has no value to it. He says, if anyone's work, which he has built upon, if it endures, he will receive a reward. That is, if it is not wood, hay, stubble, then it's going to be refined and you will receive a reward from Jesus himself. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as by fire. You see, once you're saved, you are saved and in the family of God. But all of us will be judged on the basis of how we have lived in obedience to the will of God after we're saved. And the judgment seat of Christ, the bema of Christ, is about rewards, not about salvation. It's about service to God because God expects us to serve him all the days of our life. After all, he owns us. He's bought us with his own blood. What, do you not know that you are bought with a price? Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your soul, in your spirit, the totality of your being. You're bought with a price. You are the very holy of holies of God. You are the naon, the naas. You are the very cubicle that God lives in. And so he said, you're expected to work. You're expected to serve. And God will determine what was your motivation for doing that. Do you want to be seen of men? Jesus said, if you do that, truly I say unto you, amen, amen. You have your reward. That's all you're going to get. But what would we do with our rewards, our stephania, our stephanos, our crowns, our victor's crowns? According to Revelation chapter 4, we will cast them, we will throw them, we will lay them at the feet of Jesus in heaven. So it says every man's work will be tried by fire, will be tested by fire. You say, what do you mean by that? Is that like running through a burning house? No. What it means is that every one of us will stand before Jesus, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema. 
Now, according to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, when John was on the Isle of Patmos, the scripture says he was worshiping on the Lord's day. And as he was worshiping, he heard someone behind him. He turned around and he began to give a description of one whose head had hair that was white like wool, whose feet was like burning brass. He had a garment on that was shining like the midday sun. And he said, the one who I saw had eyes of fire. Well, he goes on to talk about it being the son of God. It's Jesus in his glorified state. And his eyes are a flame of fire. You say, well, Pastor Tony, what do you believe the fire is going to be? I believe it's going to be the fiery gaze of Jesus. When we stand before him, all he has to do is look at us and everything that is wood, hay, stubble is going to be done away. It's going to be burned up because he'll look past our actions to why we did what we did. He will look past it and get to the motive, the intent of the heart. Was it for our glory or was it for his? Was it so that people will speak highly of us or speak highly of him? Will it be to glorify ourselves or glorify him? You see, God looks at the heart. He is able to discern the intents of our heart, the intention. God wants us to understand that once we belong to him, that indeed he is our Lord and we no longer own ourselves. We no longer need to concern ourselves with what we want, but what he wants. And when we do that, we are building upon the foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones that will be revealed by fire as the proper motive. And therefore we will receive a crown that we will not strut around heaven with, but we will lay at the feet of Jesus because he is the one that got us where we are. He bought us with his own blood. The Corinthians needed to understand that carnality didn't need to rule them. Christ needed to rule them. That their own selfish spirit didn't need to rule them. But the Holy Spirit of God needed to control every aspect of their lives. They needed to start growing because at this point they were still feeding on formula. They were still feeding on milk. And they needed to learn to eat solid food or they would never grow up. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.